Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Well, praise the Lord and God bless you. I got a song for y'all today. This is Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life. Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday. It is Friday and it is off the chain. You know what? Any Friday is good because that's opening you up to the weekend and you can just go and hang out with your loved ones and do whatever you want to do and just chill out for a minute. Ah. That's what I'm talking. See, you got it. Just chilling out for a minute because your family has been working hard all week long and it's Friday. The OJs used to have a song about Friday. Okay. Mm -hmm. But now it's your Friday. What are you going to do today to celebrate you? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's all about you and God. What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm here with my, my sisters from another mister, <laughs> Jennifer Bishop. Hello. Cindy Marsh. Donna Hetzler. Hey. My brother from another mother, Dave Kaietta. Kaietta. I got to say the whole name. Well, that's not how you say it, though. Kieta? Kieta. It's Kita. Kita. Kita, like Kita, my heart. Oh, now I'll always remember. <laughs> like Kita success. There you go. Kita. Kita. Oh, listen okay. to him okay. go. Okay, okay, that's fine. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but we have some good news stories for you. I, I'm really excited because how many times have you had somebody to call you on your phone saying, okay, this is one I got for you right here? Beatrice Bruno. This is the IRS, and you owe money. And if you don't give us the money, we're going to have to. And by the time they say all that, I'm like, you know what? Click. I'm going to pray for you because <laughs> you know you are lying today, okay? So you need to get off my phone. But not everybody has that problem with scammers on the phone. Take a listen to this. Let me catch you all up on this little story of ours. A couple of months ago, I got a message on Facebook from a guy named Joel in Liberia. He said that he was in need of some financial assistance and asked me to send him some premium electronics. He said that he would sell these on the Liberian market and then split the profits with me. Now I figured that this was just one of those African internet scams, but I decided to play along and see where it led me. I figured the more time of his that I could waste, the less time that he'd have to spend ripping other people off. So I told him that I didn't have any electronics to send, but I did have a business proposition if he was interested. I told him that I was in the photography business and that if he'd be willing to take pictures of where he lived and send them to me, I'd pay him for the ones that I liked. He agreed and the next morning he sent a few over. And they were just terrible. The guy had to be using a 15-year-old flip phone or worse, but I was surprised to see him actually try. He mentioned repeatedly that he was looking for God's favor through someone and that he believed that person was me. So I thought I would invest a little bit of money in this guy to see if he was scamming me or if he was seriously trying to improve his situation. So I mailed him a $30 camera and told him to take some more pictures with it. 
Well, the pictures were a little better quality, but they still sucked. So I said to him that if he wanted to make money taking pictures, he needed to practice. He needed to hold the camera still and make sure his subject had plenty of light. And would you believe that he actually improved? I mean, some of his pictures were just stunning. They really show the beauty and difficulties of living in Liberia. So then I had to figure out how I was gonna compensate Joel for his work. So I put together a photo book of his very best pictures and launched an Indiegogo campaign. Now, wow. these photos are awesome. They are amazing. Yeah, I've seen um, them. In, yeah. the in the video, obviously you can't see them over the radio, but um, Check them out. they are incredible. They're just the, some of the things. I particularly like the ones where it's like the girls walking away. In, away in the that road. That, I mean, it's just me too, shows, yeah. really captures the whole, yep. like, you know, the, the feel vibe. of what it would be like to mm -hmm. be in that town. So, anyway, they're really cool. I loved it. I. Uh, I saw this story and I'm like, oh my gosh, what? Like, how many times have we been scammed? That's right. That's you know? right. There's more to the story though, so. Yes. Let's go ahead and listen yep. to that. I was blown away at the response. People from all over the world came to support Joel and purchase his book. This is your chance to make a real difference. In total, we sold nearly 1,000 copies in 40 different countries. I made a promise to Joel that we'd split the profits 50-50 and that my half would go to charity. So I wrote to Joel and said that I wanted to give my portion to the people of Liberia and asked if there was anything in his community that I could help with. He said that there were a lot of children that were in need because their parents were so poor. So I asked, how can we help the children? And he said, school materials, stationery, book bags, and chairs. These are the things that children suffer for the most. He said that we should start by targeting the youngest 100 kids and that it would cost me about $500. I thought, this is where we're really going to find out what Joel's made out of. Either he's going to use that money for the kids, or he's going to keep it for himself. But I still owed him money, so I decided to move forward and see what happened. So I got back on the Western Union's website to transfer the money, and my payment was declined. Apparently my bank thought that someone had hacked into my account and was sending all of my money to Liberia. So I called them to tell them that it was in fact me, but they were closed for Columbus Day. So I went to an ATM and withdrew $500 cash. And I walked to the nearest Western Union teller to wire the old-fashioned way. This ended up being one of the strangest moments of my life. Imagine standing there in a crowded Rite Aid at a Western Union kiosk asking if you could wire $500 to a guy named Joel in Liberia. Well, I was pleased to know that the money did go through and that Joel was able to pick it up. Because what happened next was incredible. Joel took a trip down to the local market and cleaned them completely out of children's book bags, notebooks, and other supplies for the children in five local schools. He had to hire a taxi just to hold everything. I made sure to tell Joel to bring his camera along, not just to prove that he delivered, but to show his customers what's possible with a little hard work and a lot of faith. When you give someone a chance, sometimes they're not who you thought they were. Sometimes they surprise you. And sometimes you end up being the answer. To their prayers. Amen. Oh, I've How got chills. How often do we get scammed? You know, <sighs> all but, the time. But then, how often are the people sincere about it? Well, you never know if you don't you give them a know. chance. You never you know. You never know. You never know. And I just love this story, and I just love what it represents. Um, I. I have a personal feeling, and I've traveled a lot, I've lived out of this country for 30 years, and I've been part of a lot of different cultures, and I overall believe that 
people are really good. Mm -hmm. And the story we're hearing today, I think, is more the ordinary than mm -hmm. what we hear in the media. Maybe. I feel Maybe that too. media covers things that are on in the more of a negative slant as opposed yeah. to the glass half full. Mm -hmm. And I really want to give uh, Angie Austin, who is not with us today, a real big heartfelt hug and a plug on the sense of we share the good news. That's right. Absolutely. And Amen. this story is just one great example of the good news out there and somebody doing an amazing thing when given a chance. Amen. And yeah. if you're so, listening, love the storyline. If you're listening today and this story touched your heart, the best way that you can the best thing you can do is to share it with somebody else. You know, so that Angie has the podcast. Thank you, producer Dave, for getting all those up. Amen. But that's the best way to keep this good news going is to share it with somebody else. That's yeah. true. That's very true. And you can become the good news mm -hmm. for somebody. Amen. You know, think about that. I um, went listening to this guy. You know, um, I usually pray for people that are, if they're homeless, and say, "Hey, can you spare a dollar?" Uh huh. I'm gonna give you a dollar, but I'm praying for you today. You know, and they look at me like, why are you going to pray for me? Because I don't know who you are. I don't know your needs, but God knows. That's right. And if I can pray for you. And, and one time I was down in the, the college area um, off Colfax and Auraria. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, this young man came up to my van and he said, ma'am, can you give me some money? My mom, uh, I'm supposed to be meeting my mom, but she's not here. And, and I'm really cold and I'm really hungry. I said, come here, child. Let me pray for you. And I got to praying for that boy. And when I looked up, he had tears in his eyes. Oh, wow. Well, yes. Mm -hmm. The way you pray, of Amen. course. <laughs> <laughs> well, praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah. But, you know, he said, ma'am, I, I really needed that. Thank you so much. We don't know what people are facing. That's right. And, you know, even some of these scammers. But we do have a humor side to the scam thing. There's this thing coming out. Rescam? Rescam. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Mm -hmm. Even though I completely agree and this turned out to be really, really good story and mm -hmm. people can be the best and we share the good news. We do still have to be careful out there. You can't mm -hmm. be gullible. You can't That's fall right. for things and be taken advantage of just because you want to believe the best of people. So when you are scammed by people who aren't, who are legitimately trying to steal from you, this is the answer to uh, this is such a cool thing. Anyway, the, I, I love this program and you got to hear this video. So love it. Email scamming is a billion dollar industry with millions of victims who can be anyone, anywhere. So, NetSafe has created a new weapon against scamming. Hey, I'm Rescam, an artificially intelligent chatbot designed to fight scammers by imitating victims. With multiple personalities and an ever-growing vocabulary, there's no way for scammers to know that they're talking to a computer. Here's how it works. When you delete a scammer's email, they simply move on to other targets. But when you forward your emails to me, me I begin a never-ending conversation, so scammers waste their time talking to a chatbot instead of real people. Here are some excerpts from real email conversations I've been having with scammers. Do you wish to be a member of the great Illuminati family? Do you want to be payment $5 million weekly? Let us know if you are interested in success. Dear Illuminati, what a wonderful surprise. I'd love to join your secret club. Do you do a bingo night? There is not bingo night. 
Please complete attach form with bank details for your receive full payments of five million. Terrific. But to avoid detection, I'm going to send my bank account details through one number at a time. Ready? Four. This is not necessary. Seven. <sighs> Eight. Dear Anastasia, getting married sounds like a pretty logical first step. Oh yes, of course. My massive shipment of gold. How could I forget? I'm sorry, sometimes my caps lock button gets stuck. I am very interested. I just have a few more questions. Forward your scam email to me at rescam.org. That's me at rescam.org. So that's just a really cool way to combat these terrible people. Taking, you know, uh, uh, they folk they focus on um, elderly people a yes, lot, yes, and yes. because you know they tell them these grand crazy stories that are they're easy to believe that if somebody was in the situation they'd need your help. That's right. But you just have to be really aware of this stuff. But but then if you do find these, I love this idea of a bot doing it because I like wasting their time personally mm -hmm. Absolutely. and just asking them questions and then hanging up on them after they've wasted <laughs> 20 minutes, of, you know. But um, but I can't be on there forever, but now they have this crazy bot that will just go on forever and ever and ever. I think that's awesome. Oh, that's I love great. it. Loving this. I, love I, it. I really am. That's mm -hmm. just, that's all. You know, technology has really, Ooh. really gone into places that I never even thought. I, but I have to admit, when George Jetson and, and mm -hmm. the Flintstones were on, uh -huh. I always Pebbles. thought, yeah, I always thought that I would be driving a, you know, a, a car, a space car yes. by now, uh -huh. you know. I did too. So when 2000 came around, I was like, okay, where's it coming? Where's where's it? Where's where is it? it? Come on. You yeah. know, people can't drive cars going four directions. Could you imagine going 360, <laughs> no, 360 degrees? Oh, That's what I'm saying. That'd be so dangerous. So this last week, did you see there was the first unmanned car and it I got in that. an accident in less oh, than Lord an hour so, that <laughs> so we're not tells quite us, there no we're not but we're not technology what is technology really doing for us well i think great things mm -hmm. and very scary things i mean the, the more we're connected through these social places you know facebook and twitter and i mean we're supposed to be more connected than ever i think the more disconnected we are yes. and, and taking some courses on you know being present and disconnected and so now when i'm at dinner i'm like gone off the table not even there because um, I was just talking with friends this morning, and they're they're going to, through a, a different class, similar but different. <laughs> and they were saying even that vibration, or even like a even if you don't look at it, it's mm -hmm. there and it's distracting. So check this out. I heard or read two different really interesting facts about technology and psychology recently. One that, however, it happens far fewer times relationships that start online through dating sites are more meaningful because people will tell the truth right off the bat mm. rather than putting that best face on and sometimes it's a lie let's face it when you're first meeting somebody and that it's a more meaningful connection and these relationships start now it's not as many of them as before but that they're more meaningful which i thought was interesting mm. but also we are so connected to our technology that we are physio physiologically changing that's why you ever get a phantom buzz like you think your phone is vibrating in your pocket right. and it didn't that's because your body is actually turning itch an itch response 
your brain turned it into a phone vibration, and now we are literally being changed by this technology. Those are two really crazy things that I... Okay, producer really Dave, like. do you see my face? Yes, I see your face. <laughs> okay, because to me, that's disturbing. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible talks about a mark that people on the earth will receive, okay? We don't know the format that that mark is going to be in. And we don't know whether this, because, you know, they tell you not to let your, um, lay your cell phone beside your head at night when you mm. go to bed right. because of the electronic, da, da, da. Right. the electric field. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Magnetic so field. then if, if my body is reacting to something in the airwaves and I get that buzz, okay, on this phone, what, what is that really, Donna, what's really going on with me? Am I too connected to this? I think so, personally. Um, and it's like Producer Dave says, there's some really good things that are yeah. happening with yeah. technology. I mean, look at how things go viral and, you know, different causes are being uh, met and, you know, kidneys are, are happening, you know, mm -hmm. being donated. And all these great things have happened. I think anything good can be taken by the enemy oh, yeah. and changed for bad. Oh, yeah. And so it's when we get, you know, yes, we can be connected and reach out to friends and share things and help things to get viral but it, when it comes to relationships and that phone is like Jennifer said that is the present between the two of you that's when it gets a little dangerous yeah. where the enemy just wants us distracted I think that's the oh key. yes and it's oh, not yes any any big sin doesn't happen overnight it's those little tiny tweaks those little things let's just distract you a little bit that's let's right. get you away from the word and look at a text that's right so I have a rule in the morning when I have my prayer time there is no phone no phone no I phone agree. in the room no phone no computer nope. and no music Nothing no sound around mm -hmm. and that way it's it's my time with God same thing with my husband when we do dinner, unless, of course, I'm waiting for a business, well, something, you know, and right. I always ask for permission while right. we're there. Like, it's okay, the here's rule, the not the exception. Exactly. You know, it's the exception, not the rule that you get distracted. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. yes, it's interesting, Producer Dave, that it's actually changing us physiologically. See, I was mm. reading into that. Not, I don't think that it's the greatest thing that this is uh, happening, oh, I but know. I was thinking it just kind of speaks to humans in general and how adaptive we are to any situation right. and that that's how into it we get oh, yes. and that we can change in so many ways and that there's so many influences on us and we can go I mean so diverse Amen. that and it's all because of this basic level thing where we are so good at finding where you know what helps us and you know finding those patterns that we actually are physically changing this way mm -hmm. well, i think know, it's really cool but i don't think it's i mean i hate that phantom buzz i hate that it's happening to me uh -huh. but at the same time that's so, i just i don't know it's, we're so amazing we're we're so amazing you're, <laughs> and you're right about that we're such great amazing gifts you know you're, you're right about that there's this movie that was out several years ago it's called lucy I don't know if y'all saw it. Oh, yes. Um, th this young lady had been abducted by somebody, and they she was a drug mule. And the drugs exploded in her system, causing her to be able to use 100% of her brain. <gasps> I did see that. Oh, my. What if we were able to use just 5% more of our mm, brains? Right. Because there's a lot that we're not doing. Well, if we were to able to use more of our brain and keep up, basically, with the technology that's on the outside, what would happen to us on the inside? Right. I'm just saying. Hmm. We got about one minute. Come on, give me a quick answer. 
Sydney, Sydney, yeah, I saw you. Sydney, you're we're like, oh, you ready? Oh, girl. Well, I've got a thought because I'm I I have a brain injury and I have spent four or five years studying the brain, taking classes, healing my brain, learning about the brain, and brain does have plasticity, which is a blessing in itself because you can regrow your cells that are not working. Yes. So what would happen? I think balance is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. We need to figure out. Um, a way for all of our lives, and this is an individual thing, how to balance technology with quality home life, yes. quality relationships, right. quality work, Spiritual. and um, it's a journey because we are distracted in really good ways Amen. Um, Amen. with our technology. Amen. Hey, God bless y'all. We have enjoyed you this week, mm -hmm. but guess what? Happy There's Friday. more to come. Happy Friday Happy to you. Friday. We love you. This is, what does she call us? The God squad. God, God squad. God squad. God bless y'all, and we love you with the love of Jesus, and we'll see you next time on The Good News with Angie Austin and Friends. Bye-bye. The Good News of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Denver Rescue Mission's annual turkey drive needs your help to reach their goal of 15,000 turkeys this year, and they've made it easier than ever to help your community members in need. Just pick one of two ways to donate. You can either drop off a frozen turkey at the main shelter downtown or simply go to denverrescuemission.org and buy a turkey online. Your donations will go directly to those in need at the annual Denver Rescue Mission Thanksgiving Feast. But the community turkey drive also helps other members of the community by assisting hundreds of community outreach agencies across the Denver metro area. To make your donations, please bring a frozen turkey weighing 12 pounds or more to our main shelter on the corner of Lawrence Street and Park Avenue, or to make a contribution online, visit denverrescuemission.org. This is your opportunity to make this a happy holiday season for all. Donate a turkey to the Denver Rescue Mission today. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every well, month or two and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. Hey, it's Angie. All right, a great, beautiful fall getaway. The elk, the colors, parties, kids' activities, and it's reasonably priced where... YMCA the Rockies, uh, Snow Mountain Ranch, and also the Estes Park location. Uh, they've got some fall activities going on. There's going to be a Halloween party on October 28th if you want to plan ahead. It's reasonable. Some of my kids' favorites, there is the zip lining. There is the craft shop. They love the roller skating. There is rock climbing, uh, putt-putt, uh, tennis. Uh, we spent our family reunion up there this summer, and it was mind-blowingly fun. And again, it's reasonable. That's why we go several times a year. YMCATheRockies.org. Sometimes my kids even cry when we leave because they're like, we're leaving our place. I'm like, it's our place still. We'll be back. We'll be back. YMCA of the Rockies.org. You won't regret it. It's great to see the elk this time of year. So cool.
Hello, hello, hello. This is producer Dave sitting in for Angie Austin, the unsubstitutable Angie Austin. Um, we're going to try something brand new with the show. Uh, we had this really good idea about um, we, we, we sometimes we can get so far away from our mission here and uh, because it's so easy to get distracted by all the flashy stories and all that stuff. And we're not here to report the news as we see it everywhere else because we can get that everywhere else. We're here to show you how Jesus influences all these different things and all these different people and how uh, people can carry the Spirit through their lives and it makes them a better person, helps them through tough times, and does all those things. So we wanted to bring the show back to this Jesus-centered idea that... This is how we live, and everybody, normal people, you know, like Angie always says, it's not not just weird people in like denim skirts and flat <laughs> shoes. Um, you know, those aren't the only kinds of Christians out there. But there's, you know, there's the kinds like Angie who wears bedazzled shoes, and there's the kind like Donna who makes it her mission to help everybody through every day. And all you, all you, you're so also beautiful uh, on the outside and the inside. You were oh, about that what earlier. a guy! What a guy. You guys were talking yes. about that uh, earlier in the week, and and I couldn't agree more. It's just uh, the the inner beauty just shines straight through your skin so thank oh we got to hang out but, yeah. um, <laughs> um, so what we're gonna do is we found this series of movies on this website called i am second they're all these really really inspirational really like they're really crazy stories sometimes these testimonial movies about people that are all facets of the community they're all over the place i mean there's one about a rapper there's one about um you know people who make movies there's one about a couple who's are actors there's one about a professional athlete um you know i mean there's actually lots of different professional athletes there's a a miss america one um but this one in particular i thought really stood out because it's a very very powerful testimonial and her name is esther fleece and she's a author and speaker uh, and she works with Focus on the Family, and she has this crazy story. So what I wanted to do for this new style of segment, is for these I Am Second, is have you ladies come in here, Angie's God Squad, Woo, and woo-hoo. listen to these yes. testimonials. We're going to listen to the story. We're going to go through part of it, and we're going to stop it at certain times. If you hear, ever hear anything, please feel free to speak up, and we'll stop it, and we'll get into whatever ideas that goes through. But I th- really think we're going to try to listen to this whole thing and it's going to be a really good, I think this is a really good way to exciting. really connect back. Yes, you know, with, love it. So, uh, yeah, Very and I good. get to flex my producer muscle and do some stuff. So that's <laughs> really, really fun. So let's get into this. Let's, we'll listen to the first part. It, first thing that jumps out at you, please let me know, and we'll stop, and we'll go from there, okay? Thank you, Dave. I'd created a really successful life. I had really healthy and good relationships with people. I could really excel in business. I liked the life I created. You, you design your life to look a certain way and then your worst nightmare happens. I was speaking in California to about 15,000 peers. I was really excited to be there. Flew someone out there to be with me. Was enjoying life. And back at home, um, my biological father um, showed up. about 20 years since the last time I saw him. And the last time was um, unpredictable and unsafe and in a courtroom. 
and I never thought I'd see him again. I grew up in a pretty normal family. It seemed like we were a close family. I don't know if it was just like overnight things got bad or if it was just that I started noticing. My mom would just have bruises on her. She became very fearful. We would just have to leave immediately. We'd have to leave the house and we'd go stay in hotels. I was just so confused. We'd go to Salvation Army in the morning to pick out clothes, but like we were in suburbia. We had a nice house. We had nice things. I just remember the police being at our house so frequently that I thought they were friends with my dad. They were always there. Just started seeing the violent episodes more and more. It's pretty hard to hide blood. It was like my hero was becoming the most unsafe man that I had ever been around. I got really involved with school activities. I ran for class president and decided to stay after school for sports because it meant I didn't have to go home. People started noticing bruises. I wouldn't have a place to sleep. It was just awful. I would try to go home and the locks would be changed. I couldn't trust anyone. I was always summoned for court cases. Nobody explained to me what was happening. I would have to walk into a courtroom with both my parents and their families, and I was supposed to just tell the story of our home life. Like, are you kidding me? Our home life was incredibly unstable. Both of my parents hurt me. Now I have to pick who I'm going to say nicer things about so I don't get hit more when I go home. Wow. Oh my goodness. I told you it was intense. They're not all this intense, but yes. this one I want to do first. Oh, that just is... because it was unbelievable, this woman's story, and then how low and deep it got. Right. And then how she can just keep rising up and keep rising up. She's a very successful person now. Yeah, and to be picked wow. up out of your normal daily life, like you think that that's behind you. You've moved on from all of that, and then to be faced with it again, it having to go to court and all this stuff. Um, and to imagine. be a child in your formative years, so to speak. I mean, I'm I'm assuming she's teen years at this point right. that she's speaking of. But those are your most peer-pressured, influential years. Absolutely. And you're not real grounded underneath yourself. So Well, and to carry that facade. Right. Uh, it, it, you know, it, uh, you wonder, it makes me wonder when I was listening to the story, how many kids are out there, you know, in suburbiaville where we live, uh, you know, hiding having these secrets like going to you know goodwill or whatever getting free clothes and food and and putting on the facade and being a cheerleader right like mm -hmm. she definitely took the side of uh the positive side of being uh an overachiever not a victim as, as opposed of a victim True. so give her a lot of credit in that oh. one so let's but keep going with this gets a easy. little darker mm -hmm. before it gets okay. better though. goodness so just Thanks, a warning Dave. <laughs> My father was eventually taken away by the police who weren't his friends. Spent time in and out of jail. We had to move around from house to house, child protective services. When my dad would get out of jail, you never really get a phone call, which would have probably been helpful. He was really fixated on me. He would always try to rescue me. He was very dangerous. Numerous times um, tried kidnapping me and um, 
God only knows what. My mom married another man. He ended up having an affair. I was the one who found out about it, said something about it. He flat out left. And that's when my mother began hating me. I was 13, 14 years old. And I was left to make it through this world on my own. showed up, I physically couldn't go home. There was just no telling what his intentions were. I had to live with a family in a, another large city. I had to get restraining orders, all of which were violated. The nightmares were terrible. None of my coping mechanisms worked anymore. Busyness didn't work. Being performance-driven didn't work anymore because like, I just didn't even want to get out of the bed in the morning. I'm never gonna have my home again. I'm never gonna have, you know, a healthy dad that calls me beautiful. It's, it's like I don't understand why I'm so hard to love. Am I like that hard to just want to have a relationship with me? My parents didn't see value in me. I guess I don't see value in myself either. I guess this life I created is plastic and can be taken away any second. It's like I started hating life all over again. I would hear people say, God loves you. And they would just say it like, everything's fine, you know? God loves you, God loves Like, we should just think that that's a good thing. Love was damaging and love was the thing that hurt me more than anything. I think that's one of the scariest ideas in the whole thing is that she was conditioned right. to think of love as a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That love is damaging yeah. and that she's all alone, that she's hard to love. Yeah. You know, so many children um, that are a product of this type of situation, they take it personally. Right. And they say, what is wrong with me that I am damaged, that I'm no good, that I can't be loved? And typically it has nothing to do at all with the child. It's the things that are going on, you know, with the parent and, and that uh, situation. So yes. And then getting past that and, and learning to be loved. Right. And, and what do you say to that when God is love, right? And we're taught to say all these ridiculous statements that maybe don't resonate with somebody who's been through these really hard circumstances. One of our um, Jericho girls, uh, she was given by her uh, mother, who was a, a meth addict, to men when she was six years old. And she's like, tell me where God was. What What is love? You know, I, I didn't experience that. And so, so many times we're trained to say all these Christianese things, yes. you know, that we're, we're going to just 
package it nicely and then push it aside because we don't want to deal with it. But many times something is as easy as God is love could be very damaging to someone. And so many times we're conditioned to see God as our earthly father. Right. right. And we see it through those eyes because that's all we know as a father. Mm -hmm. So to overcome those obstacles is another set of Right, right. If you're lucky enough to have a good, good earthly father, then yeah, then that's, you see that's it okay. as love. Right, but if it's the opposite, then thank God you for have it. to learn. So you wouldn't want to say, God. you know, God is a good father to you right. because they, somebody in this situation would oh. not understand, right. like a father figure or at all. Yes, you have to not. rebuild the thoughts, re-explain love, re-explain boundaries, re-explain mm -hmm. what a father is. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. this is the, we're, this is, we're just about to get to the good thank news you, part. Dave. Oh, good. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> I went to counseling. The last place I ever wanted to go was kind of like when you have a Band-Aid on something and then you like rip it off. The path towards healing and forgiveness was more excruciating than the physical threat to my safety. I was experiencing for the first time these emotions that I ran from. I was finally getting the courage to not hide anymore from my past. I really had to deal with reality. I couldn't fake it anymore that life was okay. I'm like, how do I be a Christian now? How do I feel the full weight of what happened to me and seriously forgive people? How do I redefine what love is? Because I needed a completely different definition. As the stalking continued and this was like my new life, the only comfort that I had was reading the Bible. This man named David was running for his life from a crazy man that was like a father figure. And I'm like, well, what did David do? I just started devouring scripture. Okay, well, so what do I do next? Okay, now I'm like supposed to feel all these things for the first time. And like, my goodness, all these feelings are already written down in the book of Psalms. There's agony and, and the psalmist is crying out like, how long is this going to happen? Like, God, have you forgotten about me? It was just like, scripture was like normalizing me. I just felt like God was mean, you know? I just felt like he was uninterested and like uninvolved. And I don't know, it was just this moment that I saw him being broken as really kind for me. It just became personal even if my mother and father are never gonna be mother and father. Somebody wanted to love me. I would just sleep on my Bible. I thought if my biological father is going to take my life, then let me be found laying on a Bible because it's the only thing that gets me. There's just not like a Tiffany's bell at the end of my story. But in the midst of the heartache and it, just in the middle of it all, um, I'm okay.
I have this incredible hope that my story isn't over yet. But that's so not dependent on me. <laughs> and um, just helps me to rest a little easier. Whoa. Amen. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the hope is with the Lord. Absolutely. And that peace that only Jesus can bring. Mm -hmm. And he meets us right where we're at. He doesn't expect us to get over it, you know, just get over it or to change instantly. But he says, you know, as he calls us as sons and daughters to just walk with him. And in that walk, we will naturally transform. We will naturally become better. We will get past those things. And she, just like she said, you know, Esther said, I want to be found on a Bible. Right. So it, it brought her such solace that only, only the word of God only. could sustain her. And I love that she gave up, you know, control of, of her past and um, needing to change or be a certain way and connected in the Bible. And then just got that peace directly from Jesus. Yep. All of the answers are there. I loved how she said that in the Bible. They're That's all right. there. Mm -hmm. And I think if more of us would go to the Bible. I mean, myself included, when I'm in, in having troubled times, it's like open the Bible. Right. Sometimes I'll be like, okay, God, where do you want me to go? And I'll just open it. And it's amazing. Absolutely. God knows every exactly. single time. Every time. And you know, we're not all fine. No. I said that at my conference. No. I said, you I never know. know who you're sitting next to and what their story is. So uh, if you are sitting next to someone today, you know, give them a word of encouragement. And we hope you have enjoyed the good news with Angie Austin and friends. And bless you. And we will definitely see you next time. Woohoo! Happy Friday. Happy, Happy Friday. Friday. Denver Rescue Mission's annual turkey drive needs your help to reach their goal of 15,000 turkeys this year, and they've made it easier than ever to help your community members in need. Just pick one of two ways to donate. You can either drop off a frozen turkey at the main shelter downtown or simply go to denverrescuemission.org and buy a turkey online. Your donations will go directly to those in need at the annual Denver Rescue Mission Thanksgiving Feast. But the Community Turkey Drive also helps other members of the community by assisting hundreds of community outreach agencies across the Denver metro area. To make your donations, please bring a frozen turkey weighing 12 pounds or more to our main shelter on the corner of Lawrence Street and Park Avenue, or to make a contribution online, visit denverrescuemission.org. This is your opportunity to make this a happy holiday season for all. Donate a turkey to the Denver Rescue Mission today. All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC, and when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassador. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303 238 Jane. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, a small, big, medium. Yes, they'll bring the truck right on over. What's yes, the number? 303-238-JANE. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-JANE. Yes, 303-238-JANE. ArcThrift.org. Does uh, Arc make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. The Arc special. ArcThrift.org. As are you, babe. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for Arc? I love... 
Hello, hello. This is producer Dave sitting in for Angie Austin. She couldn't make it today, but we have some very information to share with you guys. I have our very good friend Stacy Parker from the Denver Rescue Mission uh, on the line right now. Hey, how are you doing today, Stacy? Good. How are you? I'm awesome. Thanks. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, we just wanted to share about a couple new things that is happening with the Denver Rescue Mission. You got some real exciting news happening. Yes, we have a big week this week. Uh, we are opening our newest shelter for men. It's called the Holly Center in Northeast Park Hill. And uh, it's at the corner of 39th Avenue and Holly Street. And we're able to sleep. Uh, right now we have it set up uh, with 200 bunk beds, so we can sleep 200 men at this new shelter with the capacity to sleep up to 228 men there. Uh, we're really excited um, to, to open this new shelter, um, to offer this space, for, for, for men who are struggling throughout the city of Denver. Um, we, are, um, we have brand-new bunk beds there in place. Um, instead of mats on the floor, which is, which is wonderful, we're able to provide a, an actual com- comfortable bed for these men. Uh, we also have restrooms and showers and laundry facilities, uh, increased lockers for more storage. So we're, we're really um, just grateful to be able to, to open this, especially as the winter months are coming up and more folks need shelter. That is so awesome. And all those guys that you can help, because I know you guys have problems with overcrowding and you can't get people in because there's not enough beds and there's not enough place for them. But now you've opened up by 200 more guys, which I think is so amazing. It's just unbelievable the potential that that new facility has. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yep, we're we're eager to also um, really engage with them at a uh, deeper level. So we have, you know, more staff support that's in place uh, with the Holly Center and just being able to, um, you know, essentially connect with folks and, and understand where they're at and, um, and really move them out of homelessness is the goal. So with these, uh, this is actually the first permanent shelter beds in the city of Denver since 1989. Um, you know, we've operated what's known as overflow shelters with them, uh, with this in conjunction with the city and emergency shelters. So this is actually, you know, a permanent structure um, that will, you know, be here indefinitely. You know, as long as there's people who need us, we absolutely want to be able to to shelter as many people as possible. So, so um, yeah, we're really grateful to be able to open this. But then we also have other opportunities to help people that maybe already be in the Denver Rescue Mission or don't need as much help as the Denver Rescue uh, Mission provides by sleeping there, but you're also doing some other things for the community for Thanksgiving? Yes, we are. We are in the middle of our annual turkey drive. Uh, we are trying to collect 15,000 turkeys, uh, a deadline being the day before Thanksgiving, November 22nd. And right now we're at about 4,500 turkeys. So we are have a lot to, to accomplish here in the next week. Um, but we are just hopeful uh, that, that we can, you know, hopefully rally everyone together. We are so grateful for the community support and people who have already donated. Um, and we do try to make it easy for people. So Still we are over 10,000 more turkeys needed, though. And over 10,000, yes. So, yes. But so this is the week to do it because you have a – the drive is going pretty strong over the weekend. And then there's some other places where you can drop off the turkeys besides the shelter? Yes. So um, we're in need of um, frozen turkeys, 12 pounds or larger. And we do this weekend, Friday, November 17th, and Saturday, November 18th, we'll have a, a large Denver Rescue Mission freezer truck out at Mike Ward Infinity in Highlands Ranch, so making it really easy for people to drop off there. Um, they'll be out all day, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, you can also drop off at our shelter downtown, 
um, at Park Avenue and Morin Street or our Ministry Outreach Center, which is uh, 5729 East 39th Avenue. Um, and then, of course, we uh, do take online donations. So, so any money given online for the turkey drive, we'll use, we can then use that to purchase turkeys to distribute to folks who need this Thanksgiving. So and where do you go to do that online? Sure, uh, denverrescuemission.org backslash turkey. Denverrescuemission.org backslash turkey. So there are so many easy ways to donate. I really hope we get to, we get to this 15000 Um I know that a lot of people wait till the last minute. You wait till the turkeys go on sale. And I know um, that uh, turkeys can be really cheap. It's so easy. There's so many different ways to go. Please donate turkeys to the Denver Rescue Mission. It's such a good cause. It helps so many people. Thank you so much, Stacy, for being with me today. And um, congratulations on the new shelter opening up. And there's so many good things. And everyone, please go donate to the Turkey Drive. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today.